Welcome to Impact Church's podcast with Pastor Travis Hearn. Pastor Travis also serves as the team pastor for the NBA's Phoenix Suns and has served Major League Baseball as the team chaplain for over a decade. Today, he leads us with a powerful and hope-filled message. We're so glad you're tuning in, and we believe that wherever you're listening from, that God will impact your life through today's message. Welcome to Impact Church, everybody. It's, um, it's crazy because the day before I had a brain aneurysm and hemorrhagic stroke that the day before, the day before I preached a sermon called he is the miracle. And the sermon was all about how I believe in miracles, not just miracles of the Bible, but modern day miracles. And the entire sermon was about, I've seen it with my own eyes. I've watched God do miracle after miracle after miracle. And then the next day I have this stroke. And when I was uh, in the hospital, my wife was uh, told by a doctor doctor came in and told her that what I had was a basal ganglia stroke. And that means that this area of the brain was kind of the brainstem area. And he said that it is uh, the worst possible place to have a brain aneurysm in the basal ganglia area. This is where you're, listen to this. This is where your speech is formed. You tell me the devil's not a liar. (laughs) This is where your speech is formed. This is where your cognition comes from, your emotion, your, your feeling. And then he warned her. He warned her. He said, I want you to know that the effects of a basal ganglia stroke are irreversible. Now, you know, you really got to be careful who you listen to. You know what I'm saying? You really got to pay attention to who you listen to. There's a a verse that I think in Proverbs chapter four, verse 23, and it says above all else, guard your heart, like above, above everything else that you do protect your heart. Does Natalie listen to what this physician says, or does Natalie, my wife, listen to what the great physician says, right? You, you, you gotta be discerning. You've got to be discerning and wise and guard your heart. Listen, for for you, you need to protect your ears from what they might possibly hear. You need to protect your eyes from what they might possibly see. You need to protect your mind from what it might possibly think. You got to protect your heart from what it might possibly feel. And I'm so thankful that I married a woman of God. I mean, listen, for those of you that are single, you, you women, you want a man of God. You want a man of God. You, you don't want, you don't, you, a man of God is a man who knows the word of God. A man who knows how to worship God. A know, who knows how to pray to God. Not, not, you don't want a man who knows about God. You want a man who knows God. Okay, man, you want a woman of God, you know, listen, I'm just telling you uh, this March 7th, my wife and I have been married 
25 years. You want, you want a woman of God. And my woman of God, she knew not to listen to the doctor because she knew the truth. And I stand here before you as a living testimony that God has been reversing the irreversible. Because why wouldn't he? Because God is the God of reversals. My effects and the effects of this basal ganglia stroke are being reversed day by day, hour by hour, and moment by moment. My speech is coming back. My cognition is coming back. My feeling is coming back. My strength is coming back. Hey, listen. Hey, I, I got I to gotta tell you guys. I'm stronger physically than I've been in probably 15 years. Hey, 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 Sam, the other day, Sam, Sam, I was in my bathroom getting ready. And I said, man, I got a vein popping out my arm. I, I took a selfie. And I almost posted it. I said, I better not do that. I, I just sent it to my wife. I said, man, I haven't seen a vein pop out of my arm. Maybe since I was a teenager, like there's a vein popping out of my arm. I'm stronger than I ever been. God has been reversing every basal ganglia stroke effect that I've had every effect. I'm telling you every effect day by day is getting better and better every day, better and better. But I want you to know that today's message isn't even about me. Today's message is about you because I came to church today to preach to you that God is a God who reverses the irreversible. And if he can reverse mine, he can reverse yours. Did you hear me? If he can reverse it for me, he can reverse it for you. So what, whatever, whatever situation is, I want you to look at somebody right now and tell them whatever your situation is, because one thing I learned about humanity is that we always are in a situation. <laughs> Even when we get out of one situation, we enter another situation. And, 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 and so whatever situation that you find yourself in today, you, your, your situation is reversible because God is reverse able. He is reverse able. He's reverse able. Tell someone next to you, God is reverse able. God is reverse able. God is reverse able. God is reverse able. In fact, I want you to write that down. I want you to write that down. I hope that you're an Instagramming, tweeting, TikToking, for all you old people, Facebooking fool today. I, I hope that you, 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 hey, step out and be bold and post something about Jesus. Would you do that for once? For all you Facebookers, y'all is posting all your drama. All you Instagrammers always posting yourself in bikinis and, you know, stuff like that, I guess. Like, post something about Jesus. Share our song. Send that thing around the world. Share our song. But God is reverse able. That's what I want you to write down. God is reverse able. Listen, I, I, I've seen it time and time and time again. That he takes what looks like a, an irreversible situation and reverses it. It's almost like he likes to do that. It's, it's, it's almost like he kind of became famous 
for reversing things. He kind of built his reputation on reversing the irreversible. I mean, as you read through scriptures, he healed the blind. He healed the deaf. He healed the man who was lame since birth. He turned a crucifixion into a resurrection. I mean, he's kind of famous for this. So whatever situation you find yourself in today, I want you to know that God can reverse it. God is reverse able. Say it out loud. God is reverse able. I am a part of a family bloodline where God has reversed generational curses. I have seen person after person after person come to Jesus Christ in my own family. I have seen alcoholics set free. I've seen drug addicts set free. He reverses the curses. My mother, my mother who's sitting in the front row up over here today, she was healed 100% of breast cancer. 100% of breast cancer. I I want you to know I've seen stage four cancer patients a hundred and percent and whatever. My speech isn't totally back. I've seen them a hundred and percent healed. And, And let me just say this people right here in this church, people right here in this very church, stage four cancer, completely healed. I've seen God raise marriages from the dead. Hold on. They were dead like coffin like dead, like divorce is over. Divorce is final a year later, two years later, five years later, they come back together and they get remarried. I've seen God bring that prodigal child back home into his loving arms. I've seen God completely reverse the direction of someone's life. In fact, I'm a walking, talking testimony of God doing a 180. I mean it, a 180 in somebody's life. And God can flip the script just like that. If he could do a 180 for me, he could do a 180 for you. You know why he hasn't done a 180 for you? Probably. He's willing, you're not. Yeah. He, he's willing, you're not. Uh, one of my favorite verses, and I learned this when I first became a Christian, and I want to read this to you. And second Corinthians five seventeen says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a, what a new creation, the old has passed away and the new has come. The new has come father. We thank you for your word today. We pray that you would speak to us for the rest of this service. God, God, we pray that your word literally changes our lives today. We pray that your word and your spirit and your presence literally ushers in the presence of God and healing and miracles in our life today. We pray this in Jesus' name. We all say, amen, 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 amen. You guys can stay with me though, because you never know what God might do. You know what I mean? So you just stay with me. And, um, and, and I love this verse because it says, if anyone, if anyone, if anyone, not, not everyone is willing. If anyone comes to Christ, he's a new creation. The old, the old is gone. That means all the old crap that you did, all the old sin that you did, all the ways that you used to think, all the things that you used, it says the old is gone. Is anybody grateful for that? The old is gone. The new has come. 
God is a God of new life. He's the God of new beginnings. He's the God of new creations. Do you know that God, literally every believer on planet earth, every Christian on planet earth at one time was not at one time a Christian. (laughs) Believers start out as unbelievers. So if you're here today and you're atheistic or you're agnostic, get ready. Because that's how we all started out. That's how we all started out. I didn't believe, and now I believe. I didn't believe, now I believe. And this is what God did in the Apostle Paul. Now, I have a question. How many of you got a chance to listen to my Christmas Eve sermon called Count It All Joy? Raise your hand if you, if you heard. Okay, put your hands up. Put your hands up. Let's do it the opposite way because now I'm getting a little mad. How many of you did not hear it? You, you can't lie. In ch- if you lie, in, you, you fry in church. You did not hear it. Raise your hand. Raise your hand. Look at all these hands. Did not hear my Christmas Eve message. And it is the single greatest message that has ever been preached next to the Sermon on the Mount. Preached by Jesus himself. For all you that lifted up your hands, I can't believe you missed that sermon. And not only that, now I know why your life is so screwed up. And guess what? It's online. You still got hope. There's always hope. But, but I talked at length about the Apostle Paul, and I'm going to do that again for a few minutes today. As you know, Apostle Paul is my favorite person in the Bible next to Jesus Christ, and I love the story of Paul. At first, Paul, also known as Saul, at first, he did not believe in Jesus Christ. In fact, a lot like some of you today. I don't believe in Jesus Christ. I don't believe he's a savior. I don't believe he's God. Maybe you know about him. Oh, he's a great teacher, great prophet. I just don't think he's God. This was Saul. I don't believe he's the savior. I've been an unbeliever in my own life. But for Paul, even worse than an unbeliever was that he persecuted Christians, was that he imprisoned Christians. He wanted Christians dead, and he breathed out murderous threats against Christians. He wanted, this is what he ultimately wanted, he wanted the gospel of Jesus Christ to be aborted. I am on a mission to kill the spread of Jesus Christ going any further. That's what I'm committed to. Until, somebody say until, until, until God flipped the script, until God did a reversal, until God did a 180. I want to read this to you because in Acts chapter 9 verse 3, it says this, as Paul was approaching Damascus on this mission, let's time out, pause, pause, on this mission, as Paul was on the road to Damascus on what mission? On the mission of persecuting Christians, imprisoning Christians, killing Christians. As Paul was en route to continue this mission against Jesus Christ, look what happens. A light fell from heaven. It suddenly shone around Paul. He fell to the ground and he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? Who are you? Lord? Saul asked, and the voice replied, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting. Now get up and go to the city and you will be told what you must do. The Bible says that the men that were with Paul, they were completely speechless. 
You would be too. Like if God knocked me down right now and a light shined around me and an audible voice who couldn't figure out where it was coming from was like, Travis, Travis. You would be like crapping literally turds in your pants. You would be tripping out in every way you could trip out. You'd be pulling out your phones like, I know, man, everybody see this. You'd be going on live, Instagram, like, check this out. This is wild. They are literally, they are literally speechless. He falls to the ground and he realizes that he's now completely blind. He's blind. You know, there's something crazy in the Bible because the Bible says three days later, He was blind for three full days, three days later. And I don't know, there's something in the Bible about three days later, isn't there? I mean, Jonah was in the belly of the fish for three days and three nights. Jesus was in the belly of the earth. There's something about three days. Paul was completely blind for three days. And then God leads him to this prophet, this man of God. His name is Ananias. A believer. And God had already, listen, given Ananias a vision to talk to Paul, to lay hands on Paul, to pray for Paul so that he would receive his sight back. But Ananias was tripping. My God, this cannot be God. Have you ever wondered if it was God talking to you? If it was the devil talking to you? If it was your own brain talking to you? If it was the pizza you ate last night talking like, is this God? Is God, I want you to go and I want you to, I want you to heal Paul. And Ananias is like, God, no way. I've heard about this man. I've heard that he threatens the entire gospel of Jesus. I've heard that he imprisoned Christians. I heard that he persecutes Christians. I've heard that he wants us all dead. You got to be kidding me, God. No, Ananias, I'm not, I'm not kidding you. And, and listen, are are you ready for this? Y'all not ready for this. Are you ready for this? I don't know if y'all are ready for this, but in Acts 9, 15, Ananias, God tells him this, Saul is my chosen instrument to take my message to the Gentiles and to the Kings, as well as the people of Israel. I told you you weren't ready for it. I told you you weren't ready for it. I knew you would not be ready for that. He says, Ananias, yeah, I'm not kidding. I want you to lay hands on Paul and I want you to pray for his healing. And he's going to be healed because he is my chosen instrument. He's not even a believer right now. He's not even a Christian right now. Yet he's my chosen instrument. Tell me God's not incredible. He is reverse able. He knew that the very person who was trying to destroy the church would be the perfect person to build the church. He knew that the very person who was locking people up would be the perfect person to set people free. Listen, I got some news for you today, for you today. And here's the news for you. You, you are God's chosen instrument. You are. You are, you are God's 
I, I want you to write that down. Write that down. Number two, I am God's chosen one. You are God's chosen one. Look at somebody and tell them, you're it. You're it. You're it. <laughs> yeah. Hey, listen. You may not know it yet. But you're God's chosen instrument. You, you may not even know Jesus yet. But you're God's chosen. If you're hearing this message today, you are God's chosen instrument. God knows what he's doing. God knows. He knew that Paul was the perfect person. Paul had the perfect background, the perfect history, the perfect education, the perfect experience. And to take God's message to the Jews and the Gentiles, to the rich and the poor, to the powerful and the powerless. The same is true with you. God knows about you. He knows your background. He knows your history. He knows that your background, your history, your experiences are the perfect. You're the perfect person to give people hope, to give people healing, to help rewrite someone's future. The crazy thing is God knows the things that have haunted you and have bound you are the things that will set others free. But you got to be willing. You got to be willing. God chooses you, but do you choose God? God chooses you, but do you choose God? God chooses you for his work, but do you choose to do his work? I hope this sinks in to the depths of your soul today because you are God's chosen one. You may have felt overlooked. You're not being overlooked. God has been hiding you. He has been saving you. He's got a huge plan and purpose for your life. He sees you. He's always seen you. He's never taken his eyes off you. He's been hiding you. Listen, for something bigger and something better. God, God has, this is prophetic for somebody. God has a bigger and better plan for you than that relationship that didn't work out. You thought it was rejection, but it was God's protection. He's protecting you. He's keeping you. God has a bigger opportunity for you than that one felt that one that fell through. He, he is so in love with you that he's never taken his eyes off you. You are his chosen one. I'm reminded of this verse in first Peter chapter two, verse nine. And this is how it reads. It says, you are God's, you are God's chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. I thought there'd at least be three amens. I mean, that's the good stuff right there. It's God's word. I'm giving it to you. you, you you're like shoved in like sardines. You can't even open your mouth. It's <laughs> you, you're, I love this. You're God's chosen one. You're, it says you're a special possession. And, and Ephesians 2.10, it says you're God's masterpiece. You know, a masterpiece is like, man, that's one of a kind. One of a kind. I like, I like cars and I mean, I'm a boy, you know, so of course I like cars and I'm not a boy who thinks he's something. I'm just a boy. I'm just a man. I identify as a dude and, and, uh, 
<laughs> and, I, and I just think that, I just think that, you know, 2023 is going to be a year of, and it's already, it's already began. It's going to be a year of holy boldness for Jesus Christ. Like, you need to take your stand for Jesus Christ. Don't be afraid to open your mouth based on your own convictions. Everybody else is doing it. Everybody else can talk about what they believe. I feel like a fly today. You know, I identify as a cat. Well, you know what? I identify as a believer in Jesus Christ, a man of God. And if, I, if you can say it, I can certainly say it. If you can tell me what you think, I can tell you what I think. Because I think I have the power of life and death. I think I have the power to joy and peace and purpose. I think I have the power in my life that sets people free. That removes confusion. That removes deception. None of that was in my notes, but I did just have a stroke, so you never know. And... Um, but I like cars. You know, there's something about. <laughs> See that cognition is it's doing okay. There's something about. I, I, I like things that are one of one. You know why? Because it drives the value up. You ever see anything that's just one. There's only one of these made. The value is significantly higher than the one where there's, you know, 400 million of them made. You're, you're one of one. There has never been anybody like you. Never will be anybody like you. Nobody has your thumbprint, your fingerprint, your footprint, your voice print. Nobody. You're one of one. That's what I think of when I think of masterpiece. That's what I think of. Paul was God's chosen one. You're God's chosen one. Paul was God's chosen instrument. God was going to do a reversal and take him from Paul, the persecutor to Paul, the preacher. I haven't even gotten to the good stuff yet. Look at somebody and say, it's about to go down here in a minute. I haven't even gotten to the good stuff. Paul, the preacher isn't even saved yet. Paul, the preacher, isn't even a believer yet. Paul, the persecutor, is about to become Paul, the preacher. Let's look at Acts chapter 9, verse 17 and 18. So Ananias went and he found Saul. Brother Saul. It's almost like he's kissing his tail or something, you know. Like, I better be nice to this dude. Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road has sent me so that you may regain your sight And be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly. Somebody say instantly. Instantly. Something like scales fell from Saul's eyes. And he regained his sight. Then he got up and was baptized. Man, I love this so much. That God is after you and loves you so much. That he's not going to let you go. That he's going to speak to you. But he's also going to send a messenger to speak to you. That he wants to have an encounter.
encounter with you. That's how much he loves you. He's going to have an, he's going to send a messenger, a man of God, a woman of God, a preacher, a sign, a wonder, a miracle, an encounter. It says in verse 18, look at it instantly. My God, instantly, something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he regained his sight instantly. Say it again, instantly. That is how fast an encounter with God, that not going to church, not knowing Pastor Travis, not being a part of Impact Church, not an encounter with me, not an encounter with our worship team, not an, enc- an encounter. If you want instant change in your life, you've got to learn to get into the presence of God. That's how fast an encounter with God can change your life instantly, instantly. A lot of people, too many people, they know about God. They just don't know God. They know some things about the Bible. They don't know the author of the Bible. And it's an encounter with God. I want you to write that down. Number three is that God's presence and God's power can change me instantly. 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 You don't have to wait for it. You don't have to wait for it. Instantly. Instantly. That is how fast God can turn your life around instantly. That is how fast God can turn your situation around instantly. Instantly. If you know anything about my story, after I got a DUI, I walked into my pastor's house as an unbeliever. Absolutely throw up drunk. I'm not kidding. I was throwing up all over the intoxilizer machine. I warned the guy. He's a blow harder. Blow harder. I said, brother, I'm going to throw. Blow harder. He thought I was being a swamp. I said, all over his. And then I was like, yes, that's what I'm talking about. I told you I was going to do it. I walked into that pastor's house, absolutely throw up drunk. My mom was with me. She can test. Yes. Say yes. Say yes. See, she's saying yes. I walked because she picked me up from jail that day when I was 17 years old. I walked in and absolutely throw up drunk. But as soon as I walked into the presence of God, I was instantly sober. I mean, completely sober, completely sober because we serve a God of instantly. We serve a God. That's how fast God can change your health. That's how fast God can change your mind, your emotions, your addiction, your anxiety, your depression, your relationship, your heart instantly. That's how fast God can do it. And in in the book of John, there's this story about how there's this blind man since birth. Since birth. And for all my brothers, since birth. And we can say it either way, okay? All my white people, since birth. And all my brothers, since birth. And, 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 and this is what it says. A blind man, and because I am black, I'm going to go with birth. So it says, in the book of John chapter 9, it says, as Jesus, listen, this is crazy. Listen, this is crazy. As Jesus went along, he saw a blind man from birth. He spit on the ground. He made some mud with saliva. He put it on the man's eyes. God bless you. Get a COVID test. And uh, he put it on the man's eyes. Verse 7. Jesus says, go. Wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means sent. 
So the man went and washed and came home seeing his neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, isn't, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Jesus sees a man blind from birth. Sometimes the trials we go through seem like they've been in our lives so long we can't imagine life without them. It seems like they've been there forever and that they're going to be there forever. I can't see any other way. I've been blind since birth. Everybody knew him as the blind man since birth. Everyone has known him that way. Jesus spits on the ground, makes some mud, puts it in the man's eyes, tell him to go wash in the pool of Siloam, and he's Instantly, say it again, instantly, he's instantly healed and his neighbors, don't you just love neighbors? His neighbors asked, isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Let me tell you something, Impact Church family. Don't ever get used to who I used to be because God is changing me. Don't put me in a box. Don't get used to who I used to be. Look at somebody and tell them, don't you ever get used to who I used to be because God is changing me. I may not be everything that God wants me to be, but I sure as hell ain't what I used to be. Just because it's been that way forever doesn't mean it needs to stay that way forever. I was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. And after an encounter with Christ... The blind man will never be the same because of an encounter with Christ. And and, and, then, and listen, it says, I was going to preach 30 minutes. I told my wife I was going to preach 30 minutes. Because I got to man, manage my blood pressure. I might drop right now, I, but I got to get through this. I got to keep going. And it says... Paul, let's go back to Paul for a second. He gets prayed for. And something like scales fell. And he regained his sight. It's powerful that God took away Paul's vision to get him to see life clearly. Something like scales fell. Before his encounter with Christ, he's spiritually blind. He could physically see. I'd rather be physically blind and be able to see spiritually. He was blinded to the truth. He was, he was deceived. He could not see that Jesus was the way before the encounter. In fact, he saw life the complete opposite way before the encounter. In fact, he was so sold on it, so convinced of his deception, that he was so deceived that he committed his life and his purpose to aborting the gospel of Jesus Christ. It says scales, scales, fell from his eyes. You know what I think of when I think of scales? I think of snakes. Because snakes have scales. I think of Genesis chapter 3 when the serpent tempts Eve and it says he was crafty. 
The serpent is crafty. I think of how the Bible calls Satan the father of lies. How the Bible says the devil is here to steal, to kill, and destroy your life. How the Bible says the devil wants to sift you like wheat. How the Bible says his whole mission is deception. How Revelations 12 says he is the deceiver of the whole world. How 2 Corinthians chapter 11 says that he disguises himself as an angel of light. Paul was deceived. And you know what's crazy about deception? I've learned this about deception in my own life. When someone is deceived, they don't know they're deceived. And that's the scary part of deception. Paul was deceived, but then he experiences the power and the presence of Jesus Christ and the scales fall. What's happening? Salvation. Purpose. I once was blind, but now I see. I once was lost, but now I fail. The scales fall. The scales fall. God not only gives Saul his vision back, but this time it's not just about his physical eyesight. It's about his divine vision for Paul's life. It's about his very purpose. Listen, Impact Church family, I believe that God wants you to have an encounter with him today. I believe that God wants to do some more miracles today in your life. I believe that you are God's chosen one. I believe that God wants an encounter with you. I believe that God wants to heal sick bodies today. I believe that he wants to restore broken marriages today. Heal broken hearts. Heal depression. Heal anxiety today. You know, I believe in Ephesians 3.20. It's one of my life verses. It's actually my single favorite verse in the Bible It's my single favorite verse, Ephesians 3.20. And it says this, now all glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. How many love that verse right there? God wants to move, remove the scales from your eyes. Some of you today, you're being deceived. Some of you, you're being duped by the devil. You've convinced yourself that your sins are justified. You've convinced yourself that the Bible doesn't mean that. You've convinced yourself. You've convinced, you're deceived. You're deceived in thinking that there is no God. You've been deceived thinking there is no Jesus. You've been deceived by being agnostic. You've been deceived by being atheistic. Listen, I just believe this. I knew it before I came in today. God's going to remove scales from people's eyes today. God is going to remove scales. God is going to do miracles and he's going to remove scale. And just like Paul, you need Jesus. Just like the song, I need Jesus. I need Jesus. Nine days, nine days after my stroke. Nine days. By the way, six days after my stroke, I was at church. I just was in my office watching. Um, I'm not a control freak or anything like that. (laughs) I just love you guys. That's all. And and, uh, nine days after my stroke, I I came to the church and I I found I I wasn't in the best of space mentally. Um, 
was fighting. Uh, it was a very emotional. The first two weeks were so emotional. I cried more in two weeks than I probably cried in 30 years. Um, but on day nine, I, I grabbed Amelia, who's quite literally the best female worship leader on planet Earth. And I grabbed Amelia and I grabbed Daniel and there's no male singer that is a match for Daniel on earth. We are blessed to have them both. And I, I'm so proud of Daniel because Daniel's had to wait because he's on records too. He's on some of our releases too. But the way it was laid out, his didn't drop first. So I just keep like, hang in there, buddy. Hang in there, buddy. Hang in there. And that's hard to do. You know, when you're watching, you know, everybody else like singing, but that guy is just like, I'm so proud of you, Amelia. Every time. I mean, he is the, he is seriously the man. And nine days after my stroke, I came to church and I grabbed a million Daniel and I, I, I had slurry speech still and, and my brain was still blurry and the right side of my body was, was very, very, my, the right side of my body is still numb, uh, top to bottom. It's just not as numb because God is reversing the irreversible. So, uh, but it, but it's, it's still there. And, and I said, Hey, I, I want us to write a worship song. And, uh, I don't know, man, we all three just bawled and bawled and bawled and cried our eyes out before we even got to the writing, because, uh, for me, I was happy to be alive <laughs> for them. Uh, well, they were happy. I was alive. But Daniel said that day, like PT, I, I didn't think I'd ever get a chance to do this again with you. And I sat down, I sat down at the piano and I started playing and, uh, my hand was really heavy. So I'm hitting every bad note, hitting minors when I should be hitting majors and they just smiled and we kept writing. I couldn't see the keys because I was crying the entire song. Kept writing. Amelia and Daniel, I almost made them Emmanuel, which we can do. <laughs> Emmanuel's voices were shaking because they're crying, but we kept writing. And we wrote this song that we're going to lead you in right now. But I want, I, I want, I want to, before I do that, I want to make sure of two things. It's, it's, it's only 11 minutes after 10. We have another service, but not for 49 minutes. If you leave during this song, I'm going to be so pissed. So there, listen, cause some of you are all like, oh, this is a good time to dip out and, you know, get over to true food and beat everybody. Listen, lunch, lunch is not more important than an encounter with Jesus Christ. Lunch is not more important than your miracle. Lunch is not more important. 
I know some of you like football. Football, come on, man. Basketball is the only sport going to be in heaven. And so don't worry about football. <laughs> don't worry about football. And, and you think I'm lying, but the Bible says in some that we enter his courts with praise. It says nothing about fields. You know what I'm saying? E- even, even Jesus had better hang time than Michael Jordan. I mean, there's so many parallels. The, the crossover, there's a crossover in basket. The cross is over. You cannot tell me this stuff about any other sport. I want you guys to stand with me. Would you stand to your feet? Before we go into this song, I want you to just bow your heads with me. Would you do that? There's a lot of you here today that if you died, you don't know if you'd be in heaven or not. And I want to make sure that you are. I've dedicated my whole life's purpose to making sure that we can populate heaven. The Bible says in John three sixteen, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him, believes in him, shall not perish but have eternal life. The Bible says in Romans 10, verse nine, that if you confess with your mouth, you believe in your heart that Jesus is Lord, you are saved. It's it's a step of faith. Faith means I don't understand it all, but I'm going to take a step of faith to surrender my life to Jesus Christ today. Some of you today, the scales are going to come down. You couldn't see it before, but you're going to be able to see it in just a minute. Just like I did. And if you're here today, for just this moment, with your heads bowed, with your eyes closed. If you want to give your life to Jesus Christ today, you say, I PT, I, I want to become a Christian today. Would you put your hand in the air right now, right where you are, where I can see it? Come put it high, put it high. He hung on that cross high in the air for you. We can lift our hands high in the air for him. Anybody else? Hey, listen, there's, there's got to be a hundred or more hands. Keep your hands up. Everybody else ought to be giving them some praise claps right now. Come on. Come on. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is past. The new has come. I want all of us not just those who lifted their hands, but I want all of us to pray this prayer out loud. You just repeat these words after me. Dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I want to live for you. Thank you for dying for me. 
Thank you for the cross. God, forgive me of my sins. Thank you for paying the price for them. Help me to fall in love with your word. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. For those of you that lifted your hands, you just, you just made my day. You made all of our day. That's, that's what we're here for. We're here for that. My prayer is that during this song, you receive a miracle from God. You receive a revelation from God. You receive a new vision from God. My prayer during this song, this song is the anthem of my life because I almost lost it. And so I know you don't know it yet. You'll learn it. It's very easy, but we're going to lead you in this song.
Lord Jesus, we come before you, God, and we stand. As Ephesians chapter 6 says, Having done all to stand. We stand on your word. We stand on your promises. We stand under your presence. We stand under the shadow of the Almighty. God, I pray that your love, your anointing would be upon every person listening to this message. God, that your presence would go with us, before us, surround us, cover us. We're grateful for this miraculous day today. We pray this in Jesus' name. Impact Church family, we all say. Amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thank you for being here today. I hope you have a great week. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to celebrate with you and get you more connected. Visit www.impactchurch.com for more information about our church and how you can get plugged in here with us. Be sure to subscribe and share today's message with your friends. Thanks for tuning in, and we can't wait to hear how God has made an impact in your life.